Hello and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm Melissa Davlin. The Idaho Democratic Party held their annual state convention last weekend in downtown Boise. Representative Colin Nash joins me this week to discuss what happened. Thank you so much for joining us, Representative Nash. Thank you, Melissa, and thank you for having me. You are the chairman of the platform committee. For people who aren't familiar with state party politics, what's the importance of this document? The platform is an opportunity for uh, a political party to communicate its values, uh, the policies it's interested in, um, and so forth uh, to voters. Uh, It's an opportunity to say what we believe in as Democrats. Um, I can say that that's not traditionally something I thought about a whole lot until a couple years ago when the uh, National Republican Party uh, had no platform uh, one year. And it really makes you question um, uh, why uh, people are organizing around a particular person or issue um, when they when they don't uh, put forth a, a set of values or beliefs or policies that they'd be interested in implementing should they come to power. Um, so um, this weekend was an opportunity for Democrats to communicate that. And that's what we did uh, when we adopted a platform this weekend. The platform that your party adopted is only one page long and, and quite frankly, it's pretty vague. You know, there's nothing that in there that's really specific to Idaho. Um, you know, this, this could have been adopted by just about any Democratic Party across the nation. When you compare that to the current Idaho Repu- uh, Republican Party platform, which is 14 pages long, they specifically mention things like Idaho water rights and Idaho's energy portfolio and the Idaho constitution. Why this specific approach to the Democratic Party platform? So I would push back on the notion that it's not specific to Idaho. I think that you can find a lot of Idaho values in there. Um, When it comes to things like water rights, we have an entire section on protecting our natural resources. Um, And I think those are values that are shared by all Idahoans and a lot of folks in the Democratic Party. Uh, one of the issues we got into was we, uh, when we, we put about six weeks of work into the platform and we came with a set, seven page document and um, it was highly specific. And um, a lot of the delegates felt like um, candidates uh, should have flexibility to represent the will of their voters um, across the state. Um, there are very different sets of voters in Boise and Moscow and Pocatello. And the delegates want the candidates to have the flexibility to represent those interests um, independent of the dictates of a political party drafting its platform in the city of Boise. Uh, I think there are a number of issues where um, uh, there, I might take a different approach in my district and then, than someone else. Um, one example of a, of a platform tenant that got a lot of pushback was in the original platform draft, um, we had an endorsement of the removal of the four lower Snake River dams. And a lot of folks from Lataw County, Nez Perce County, Clearwater County, um, they didn't like that in there. Um, and I can understand why those issues that uh, affect them economically are probably a little more front and center than they are for folks um, in the Treasure Valley or the Wood River Valley. And so we wanna give candidates the flexibility um, to Um, respond to voters uh, where they are, um, rather than uh, issuing dictates on how they should behave from uh, from Boise. And speaking of breaching those dams, which is a contentious issue in many parts of the Northwest, you know, I've sat 
through some pretty robust debates at conventions over the years, both Democratic and Republican. How was the tone this year compared to other years? Yeah, this is actually my first uh, Idaho Democratic convention, so I couldn't compare it. Um, I would say there was a um, there was a overriding sentiment of we um, believe that we have the focus and that we share the better share the values of Idaho voters, and that we have um, candidates um, across our legislative districts um, that are prepared to listen to them. Um, and to understand um, their needs in a way that maybe you're not seeing in the Idaho Republican Party. Um, there's a number of provisions in the Idaho Republican platform that I, I don't think would be shared by even a number of, uh, even a lot of my colleagues in the legislature. Um, there's provisions about overturning one person, one vote. Uh, there's provisions that say um, uh, any um, abortion after um, fertilization is considered murder. Um, those are not the, the values of Idaho voters generally, um, and, and I think that's why it's important to um, put forth a document that doesn't alienate a wide swath of the electorate. You, you, you say that you have candidates across the state who you feel represent Idaho voters and Idaho values better, but you know, the reality of the situation is there are 59 legislative races, more than half of Idaho's 105 that don't have a Democrat running in the primary. And that includes in counties like Shoshone and Clearwater, where Democrats have held seats in the last 20 years, both on the county and legislative levels. Um, is, it, is it realistic to say that Democratic candidates better represent Idahoans when the Idaho Republican Party not only has the supermajority in the legislature and therefore presumably the support of the Idaho voters, uh, but also Democrats aren't even running in more than half of these races. Yeah, so the electorate statewide, um, kind of what you can expect is there are 35 legislative districts, uh, four of them um, are solidly blue and another four are extremely competitive um, and we do have candidates uh, running in districts um, where uh, I think are very strong. We have Mar Marcella Pesena in um, District 11, um, Caldwell. Uh, we have folks running in uh, rural Cuna and Boise and we do have one candidate running up in uh, from Shoshone County. Um, I think the candidates that we have in those um, competitive and those stretch districts are very strong um, and that uh, they, they do represent folks' values in those districts at the legislature better than the Republicans in their districts. Um, one of the reasons for that, I, I, say, I speak to that, is just the um, working in the Idaho House of Representatives, how much antagonism there is towards um, even uh, Governor Little's agenda. Um, when I think of measures like workforce housing, uh, veterans homes, broadband, um, these are issues where Democrats are united in uh, protecting um, these, uh, these dollars and making sure that these dollars are invested in the state of Idaho. Whereas Republicans uh, time and time again um, have tried to um, push back on the governor's agenda, um, which I think is um, um, just bad for Idaho generally. So I think it's our job to help communicate that to the voters. Um, I would like to see more candidates running in more places, um, but 
um, just given the national climate and kind of the make the demographic makeup of the state, uh, there are a number of districts where um, just generally aren't competitive for us. Um, and we'll we'll speak to the voters in those places um, the best we can. Um, but I'm I'm happy with the slate of candidates that we do have in these competitive in these stretch districts. Some of those candidates spoke publicly at the convention with concerns that the state party isn't giving them enough resources to run, including the um, Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate, um, uh, David Roth. Uh, he said, if you don't know what you don't know, it's hard to know what to ask for. Um, should the state party be doing more to offer support to these candidates? Yeah, my experience with the Idaho Democratic Party staff is that um, they are very talented and they have a lot of um, expertise and they've been very helpful both in my uh, failed um, first run and, and uh, subsequent runs. Um, so I have a lot of faith in them and um, their ability to, to help folks. Um, I think there, were, there was a, a small minority of candidates um, who are frustrated by um, kind of the uphill battle that they face in some of these elections, especially a statewide race like um, U.S. Senate, which would probably take um, tens of millions of dollars to be competitive in a state like this. Um, that's that's an, a daunting task, and I uh, sympathize with those who are throwing their name in the ring and uh, want to um, give some better representation to, to what we've had in Washington, D.C., um, so far, but I think that's just more reflective of, of the general difficulty that we have with money and politics in general. Um, it, a lot of these legislative races, um, we have folks that are, have families, they work full time, um, and they have to raise uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to be competitive in some of these districts. Um, for statewide races, um, that's hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Um, that can be just difficult to get off the ground and, and um, uh, that's just one of the natural consequences of having so much money in our politics. Um, and so I sympathize with those folks, but um, I don't think that speaks to any particular failing um, by any staff uh, here or elsewhere. In politics, there's the short term, the immediate election cycle, and then there's the long term health of the party. Was there any discussion about strategizing to strengthen the Idaho Democratic Party long term and not just for this 2022 general election? Um, I think the task ahead of us is uh, showing Idaho voters uh, where we stand and differentiating ourselves uh, from the national narrative um, between Republicans and different Democrats. Um, uh, I've when I ran this last cycle, my district was bombarded with mailers um, of uh, burning police cars with ACAB spray painted on them, um, saying radical liberal chaos. Um, that's Tom Luna and the Idaho Republican Party uh, doubling down on some of these national narratives that I don't think speak very well to um, the kinds of issues that everyday Idahoans are facing. Um, in fact, I, I felt like um, the Idaho Democrats um, are stronger on um, some of these issues related to um, security um, and uh, police defending our veterans and those types of things. So I think it's our job to communicate that to the voters and show that we are the steady governing influence that's going to do right by them um, for the long term and not buy into some of these national narratives, which um, folks at the Idaho Republican Party 
uh, like to exploit for their own advantage. And they've been successful at doing that. Um, but for the long term, I don't think that's good for Idaho. Right, Representative Colin Nash, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Melissa. Have a good day. The Idaho Republican State Convention is July 14th through the 16th. Idaho Reports will be there to cover it as well. And next week, Governor Brad Little is scheduled to join us for an Idaho Reports online special. Look for that interview midweek next week. You'll find the links on our social media sites and at idahoptv.org slash Idaho Reports. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marsha Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.